The following program may contain views, ideas, and opinions that have been produced by the hosts and their guests and are not reflective of Quixie 98.3 or Skytower Communications. For questions, comments, and concerns, email us at news at wqxe.com. Good morning and welcome to the program. I'm Zach Epperson. This morning we're very happy to welcome on the Executive Director for the South Central Kentucky Chapter of the American Red Cross, Jennifer Capps. Uh, Jennifer, it's great to talk with you. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing great, doing great. So we have you on this morning to talk about American Red Cross Month. Many people might not know it, but March is American Red Cross Month. And to start off our conversation this morning, uh, first just kind of want to ask you, what is the history of the American Red Cross? Now, how did it grow into the organization that it is today? So it started on a battlefield with Claire Barton and um, her compassion to serve our service members and and come alongside them um, is really what started the organization and it has developed from there. Uh, we have a, a magnitude of, of services and opportunities that are available in the communities that we serve and, um, you know, to think about her on the battlefield to where we've come today is pretty amazing. You know, lots of people think about blood and blood donations when they think about Red Cross First or large disasters, but there's so much more to the organization than those uh, those two lines of service. The next thing for you, and you kind of touched on it right there, uh, but w- what is the mission of the American Red Cross? Again, like you said, there's so many things going on, so many different services that it provides, but what is the what is the mission of the organization? So our lines of service include service to the armed forces. Uh, We send emergency communication messages on behalf of our families here in South Central Kentucky and all across the country to wherever those men and women are serving. Um, A lot of times with technology, we have those, um, you know, they've gotten a text message or they've talked to home, but their commanding officer relies on the Red Cross to verify information so that they can make a leave decision for that service member. So that is critical. Uh, There are three call centers in the world and one of those is in Louisville, Kentucky. So very happy to have that in our Kentucky region. Uh, Fort Knox plays a big role in all of that and just the services that we provide to our military. You know, they have everything there from clothing closets to areas where you can, you know, check out a microwave if you're uh, new on post. They have a Dress for Success program that's just recently launched. There's a yard sale that raises funds. Um, a run that's in the works that they're hopefully planning for this spring. So service to the armed forces is huge. Uh, we work with our service members and our veterans uh, working right now to make sure our veterans know about the COVID shot opportunities and they're reaching out um, to the veterans in the area regarding that. We do health and safety training where you can get CPR certified, first aid certified and those types of things. And those are in the communities. Uh, we're still teaching those classes. They're a little bit more scarce than they were um, a year ago, but uh, making sure that those are still available and those are available to your organization if you want to bring an instructor in and do those there on site. Um, obviously, blood is a huge part of what we do. Uh, we're very thankful to um, all of South Central Kentucky for them stepping up during COVID. Um, and just making that impact to keep that blood on the shelves during some critical times. We are still honoring social distancing. We are still having numerous blood drives in the community and we still need your blood, especially O blood, but we love all blood. So um, you can make an appointment for that at redcrossblood.org, put in your zip code 
it'll show you the list of blood drives in the area. And right now, the only way that we're collecting convalescent plasma is through those whole blood donations. So anybody that has recovered from COVID um, is able to give whole blood, we're able to pull that component out and give it to those people that are still, still battling. Um, we do international services. Um, those kind of vary uh, across the state, depending on populations of different people groups that have come to the US and we're trying to maybe either connect them with loved ones that they have become distanced from or just provide additional assistance. So that looks a little bit different everywhere we are. And then obviously our disaster services. We go from preparedness where we are training kindergarten and second graders with Prepare with Pedro to our third through fifth graders that we're doing a pillowcase project with talking disaster preparedness. And then we um, partner with fire departments to install free smoke alarms in homes. So that is our preparedness side, ton of areas to get involved in, and then our response. So um, I did some research yesterday and was was dumbfounded. We've kind of been focused on the flooding in eastern Kentucky, it seems like, since the beginning of the month, and we're not, we've not been seeing our reports quite as much um, on the local side because that's where all of our efforts um, have really been, been spent. But in South Central Kentucky in the last three months, we have responded to 115 disasters. That's home fires, basically. 115 in 90-ish days um, that affected 318 people, and we have put $72,000 directly in the client's hands to begin their recovery process. So that is huge work that our volunteers are doing. Um, in Bowling Green, we have volunteers that are working in a COVID clinic, vaccine clinic, just helping out. Uh, we're still working our blood drives. We're still responding to these disasters. Uh, we deployed some folks to Eastern Kentucky to help with that event. So uh, the work that we do, it seems to just continue to increase. And we've seen, you know, a, a really bad, winter for home fires and um, rely heavily on our volunteers to get all this work done. So that's kind of a, in a nutshell, the Red Cross. So I'm, I'm glad, Jennifer, you brought up about the volunteers. Like you said, they're, they're a major part of what the organization uh, is able to do and the services they provide. So if you could talk about the volunteers and the impacts they have and what, what they mean to the organization. So 90% of our workforce is volunteers. Um, we use them for an, a number of things. So uh, you'll see them um, in the registration area at a blood drive. Uh, they're helping to check temperatures. Uh, they're signing people in and then they're in those canteen areas making sure that people get their snacks after and that they're okay and feeling okay to leave. So always looking for blood donor ambassadors to fill that role throughout the South Central Kentucky chapter. And then with our volunteers in disaster, the work there is just phenomenal. I mean, from the time that we receive a call from either a family or a fire department, our volunteers are the ones that are going to reach out to that family. Now, in a non-COVID world, they're actually going on site. They're seeing the people. They're giving them hugs. But with COVID, all of that is pretty much done virtually. There are some instances where we need to meet in person or we need to hand that client assistance card off in person, but um, a lot of virtual casework that's happening, uh, they're hearing the client's stories, figuring out you know, what their specific needs are, and then are able to provide funding based on uh, those disaster calls needs. And then we have folks that follow up throughout that process. You know, Maybe their recovery is taking longer than they, they had hoped and we can put them back in touch with those caseworkers. Um, and then our volunteers are also trained to go and 
and work these larger events. Like we just saw in Eastern Kentucky with the flooding, we had folks that were out there doing damage assessment. You know, those roads were impassable and you couldn't even get into communities for several days. So we had volunteers that were there working in those areas. They were out working with feeding, helping with sheltering, um, and then giving out relief items, comfort kits, cleanup buckets, you know, when you get in your home and you've got to start that cleanup process. So the volunteers play a critical role in all the work that we do. And then our, our blood donors themselves being volunteers of the Red Cross, we rely heavily on that. And they have just amazed us in South Central Kentucky throughout the, the COVID pandemic and, and making sure that we still have that blood on the shelves. All right, so let's go ahead and talk about it. COVID-19. Obviously, I don't think there's an organization out there that in some way, shape, or form hasn't been affected by the pandemic. So let's talk about that when it applies to the Red Cross. So going back even to the very beginnings of the pandemic last March, um, how has the Red Cross, especially here, the South Central Chapter for Kentucky, uh, how has it been affected uh, by the pandemic? Well, our teams are actually still working remotely from home. You know, our offices there in the communities are closed. We have phones forwarded. We're doing our best to answer everybody that that calls in and needs assistance. We're doing lots of referrals to our partner agencies, you know, people that are still needing food or assistance with rent. That's not stuff that, that we do specifically unless they've been impacted by disaster, but relying heavily on those community resources. Uh, the phones ring, you know, seven days a week, 24 hours a day sometimes. Uh, and our volunteers have done a great job of adjusting. You know, we've gone to that virtual um, requiring a lot more use of technology um, that, you know, a lot of folks just aren't necessarily comfortable with. I'm not, I'd prefer not to be in front of the camera at all. So um, just one of those things where we have, we have asked a lot. We did at the beginning of the pandemic, you know, some of our volunteers stepped back because they were um, more at risk um, of contracting COVID. So now that many of them have gotten their vaccines, we're seeing that um, a lot of them actually were able to deploy a few weeks ago to Western or to Eastern Kentucky. And that was great to see. Um, we did see those cancellations of blood drives, you know, businesses and, and organizations that would typically have led us in their facilities, they, they couldn't anymore. So churches and community groups uh, really stepped up to help us fill that void. Um, and, you know, we've made some alter alternate plans on blood drives and the community just came forward amazingly. So we have new community partners. We're still anxious to get back in our, our businesses that we were in before, but um, you know, we've got a fixed site that's there um, open in the mall in Elizabethtown a couple times a month. We have that in Bowling Green as well. So um, lots of lots of changes there, um, but the community has really been resilient and, and stood with us through that process. With disaster, you know, we have, with our sheltering, we've had to rely a lot on putting families in hotel rooms versus in a big gymnasium just to keep everybody safe. That's really increased our expenses on the disaster side. You know, we're having to do feeding different. We're having to deliver food sometimes to hotel rooms um, where normally you could just kind of come through a cafeteria type line and get your food um, and take it with you. So just some a lot of added expenses to continue to keep our volunteers safe, but also the community safe. You know, Jennifer, you, you talk about, you know, all the phones ringing seven days a week, constantly going, co constantly on the go, helping people out in the community. Uh, to many people, they probably hear that and they're worn out here and like, oh, my goodness, they're always on the go. Uh, but, but for you guys, it's got to be a rewarding experience, right? I mean, you wouldn't be doing it if it wasn't that way, right? 
Absolutely. You know, being able to continue to help those clients when they've been displaced from their home. You see large hurricanes and, and your, your heart goes out to those people that have lost their communities. But, you know, when you've lost your home in a fire, you've lost everything, too. You know, you're just not the people right around you aren't impacted. So being able to uh, show up and, you know, well, not show up anymore. I, I often say that, you know, to be able to to share that experience with them over the phone or through a video messaging um, tool and kind of walk them through that process, walk them through what they need to do to kind of begin their recovery process, providing them with funds to get a safe place to stay, their food, their clothing, those sorts of things um, is still critical because you know, disasters do not stop. And with COVID, for whatever reason, we saw our biggest hurricane year last year that we've ever seen. So, you know, it increased. And then we had to figure out new ways to do things and, and new ways for our volunteers to respond. Um, in some of those larger events, they responded virtually. So a lot of our people that love that hands-on interaction, being in the, in the heart of the disaster and actually being hands and feet on the ground, we're sitting behind a computer screen and you just, it's, it's really hard on everybody that loves that personal interaction to, to have that um, barrier as well. And then with our blood donations, I mean, you know, people continuing to give, um, I've rolled my sleeves up more in the past year than I have previously because I know that the need is great. And at any moment, one of our loved ones or ourselves could be on the receiving end of that blood donation and it's got to be on the shelves. There's no replacement. So if somebody's got some great idea to come up with a replacement for blood products, we'd love to hear it because, you know, if you need blood, you need blood. And, and so many times, um, you know, we want to make sure it's there. You talk about the blood drive, obviously, people, that's what they probably know the American Red Cross for the most. But with the pandemic, uh, there were times, you know, months on end, it felt like there was no blood drives going on, no way to give blood. Uh, was there ever like kind of a critical shortage of blood? Did you all ever encounter anything like that? I think there were times that it, that it was, but, you know, we were also seeing a decrease in elective procedures in hospitals. Hospitals weren't needing it as much. People were scared to go to the hospital to get the treatments that they needed. So it was kind of an ebb and flow that we continued to adjust to that entire time. You know, the decrease in procedures, back to the increase of procedures and just kind of riding that out and, and then being able to pull that convalescent plasma from early in the process to be able to supply that to those folks in need. You know, again, South Central Kentucky, I don't know about how it is across the country. I mean, I think we have we have done really well in blood, but South Central Kentucky has, has filled the gaps um, with those blood donations. You know, the new folks that have come out and given for the first time and continue to give. And then the folks that we talked to that have recovered from COVID and continue to go, you know, we're doing um, the free antibody testing until I think the end of May is where our funding is through at this point. People are giving blood every 56 days because they want to still know if they have those antibodies in their system, which is, you know, really, it's a, a free tool that they can donate blood. They know that that convalescent plasma can be pulled out for somebody in need. And then, um, you know, going through that process to just know that their antibodies are still strong. So um, that's been a neat thing to see. And um, the, the churches and the organizations that have opened their doors to let us continue to come in when we can't get in those businesses and things that are closed or, or limited um, has just been amazing. 
you know, Jennifer, I've, I've kind of sensed a common theme throughout, you know, people being willing to give, people willing to open up their doors. And, and you know, those the Red Cross couldn't go without great community relations, I feel. So talk about that. You know, how important is it to build great relationships within the community? That way, when it comes to hard times like we're in right now, they're there, they're ready to respond and help you guys out. I just think, you know, the pandemic has given us all a new perspective that none of us are exempt from sickness, none of us are exempt from job loss, none of us are exempt from needing all of these critical services that the community has really stepped up to provide. And I think, you know, we have felt so helpless so many times that these are easy ways that we can make a difference. You know, rolling my sleeve up for an hour every two months um, is easy compared to what we know some people are going through and what we could battle in the future. So it's just been a blessing to be a part of a bigger a bigger mission in this whole process. Final question I have for you, and again, uh, Jennifer Caps, our guest this morning. Jennifer, thanks again so much for coming on the program to talk about this. Uh, but volunteering options and opportunities, uh, of course, you know, when things get back to normal, it's going to be a lot more things out there. But if people just want to get the information, if they want to find out ways they can help the American Red Cross and help their communities, how can they find that out? Where can they go? Who do they need to contact about that? So the easiest way to sign up to volunteer is to go to redcross.org and there is a volunteer link and you fill out several steps. You get to a point, it says, we'll take it from here and then somebody will be in contact with you. You know, we do need blood donor ambassadors all the time in the communities um, that they're the greeters there at the, at the blood drive and they're also kind of manning the canteen area as well as people are leaving to make sure that, that they replenish. So that is an ongoing need. Um, and then our disaster volunteers. We need disaster responders across South Central Kentucky all the time. You know, we we rely heavily on the same core group of folks, um, and I'm sure they would love a break after the year that we have that we have had. You know, we we want two people to respond to each disaster. It's not just a single solo uh, operation. We want to keep everybody safe and protected. So it's teams of two that are responding. Um, there is online training uh, that's available once you find your niche within the organization. Um, so you can do all kinds of things. And then you can train to go to these larger events. Um, anything from damage assessment to casework, bulk distribution, managing warehouses, feeding. Um, all, there's a number of things. You know, basically when we when we have a larger operation, we set up an entire or business in that community. So human resources, anything that you you do in your day job, you can turn around and, and utilize on a Red Cross um, response, it seems like. Or if there's other things that you wanna learn, you can kind of cross the bridge and, and, and learn new things as well. For, we need forklift drivers in some instances. Um, you know, there are events that happen annually in Kentucky where we need people to respond and, and go, but also across the country, you know, Hurricane season always is an issue. Flooding is always an issue where we need to send people out to do the work. So all of that training can be done online, which is great. And they can go to redcross.org, sign up to volunteer and somebody will follow up with them. Um, there are a number of options there that you can pick from of what you might be interested in. You're not committing to anything, but somebody from that area will call you and kind of go over the different opportunities um, in greater detail. So. Um, we would encourage the community to really get involved. 
Sounds like there's just a little bit of something for everybody. Uh, again, Jennifer Capps, executive director for the South Central chapter of the Kentucky branch of the American Red Cross, joined me this morning. Jennifer, it's been a great conversation, uh, as always. Thank you so much for coming on the program. Thank you. We appreciate your all support. For a recap of today's forum or to listen to past forums, you can go to our website, wqxc.com, and click on the Media tab. For Quick C98.3, I'm Zach Epperson.